Dr. Victoria Tower is an expert on children lying. She actually studies this because of the frequency of children who end up being coached and testifying in court cases. And despite how much you think that you might be able to tell when your own child is lying, research suggests otherwise, that we struggle to tell when kids are lying. In fact, parents and children who were researched, she found that there was about a 50-50 chance of getting it right which means you're better off guessing. In fact, she even s suggests that law enforcement, who you'd expect to do better, actually did worse in her research. She found that kids can be coached to hide the truth really, really well. They're tiny con artists, and they learn really quickly and easily how to deceive. Now, if we're susceptible to the lies of children who can be coached, yet can also barely bathe themselves, we should probably consider the susceptibility we might have to the lies of those who might be experts, the lies of those who might be native in the language. Uncertainty makes us susceptible to the lies. And this is important because when the Bible talks about our enemy, one of the primary descriptors of him is a liar. Maybe you don't even realize this when it comes to the strategy of the devil. You might think of his primary strategy as the demonic. Like you picture in your head this scene from The Exorcist, which is, which is scary stuff. Um, but if that was the primary way you believe the devil was at work in our world, you'd be wrong. Or if you thought the primary strategy for the devil is a global crisis, which is certainly damaging and consistent with the way the enemy works in the Bible, it's never been the primary weapon he uses to attack. The primary strategy the devil uses to wreak havoc on humanity is lies. Right from the beginning, it was the first weapon he ever used. Did God really say? It's a lie, a lie that he uses uncertainty in the present moment. And chances are for you, you might be very susceptible because of the uncertainty of the present moment. And he uses lies because lies are deceptive. It's not like we just know it's a lie, right? If, if we knew it was a lie, we wouldn't believe it. It, it. it seems like it could be true. Lies masquerade as truth. It's something that seems true to us. Maybe it sounds like it could be an accurate description of our reality. Maybe it's something that maybe even isn't completely true, but there's just enough truth that makes it seem plausible. Lies are illusions. They make us believe that something is real that isn't really real. Some of the lies that I hear in this current moment are lies that attack my worth. When work doesn't look like work usually looked like, what does that say about who, who I am? What does that mean about what I have to offer to the people around me right now? And maybe that's you. Maybe your worth has been attacked. Maybe your work has changed and it's caused you to question some things about who you are. Or at times for me, it's been fear. Fear that overwhelms about the current situation, fears about who might get sick or who I could lose, fears about what this might mean for myself, for my own family, for my friends. And alongside those fears come lies, lies about what does it mean to be a man, lies about what does it mean to provide for my family, lies about the burden that's all on me to carry my family through this situation. And those lies point to a, a misplaced trust. Trust in where does the power in this current situation really lie? See, all the lies we hear can really fit into two primary categories. They're lies that make us question, are we good enough? And a lie that makes us believe that it's really all up to us. And so maybe for some of you, that's been the lies that you're hearing. And maybe those lies also make you question what is good, what is right, what is true, what's good for you, what's good for your neighbor, what's good for your family. 
And so in the midst of it, there are, there are lies, lies that you hear, lies that you believe. In uncertainty, the enemy turns up the volume of the lies to drown out the truth. It's why even in the midst of trying to listen to the voice of God, there often are competing voices that seem to say, God's not speaking to you. You can't hear God. Don't even bother trying. Now, if you're new to faith, we're so glad that you are here with us this morning. We would love to be able to connect with you um, online if you're streaming with us. So you can let us know uh, on the chat that you are here. You can let us know and we would love to be able to pray with you. You can also connect with us, with us all throughout the week on Instagram, on Facebook. We would love to serve you and your family during this crazy time. And so we'd love if you let us know. Um, we know it's a crazy time to follow Jesus, to explore what it means to follow Jesus. And so we would love to help you with that. Now, if you can open your Bibles to the book of John chapter 8, I want us to read from a text about the freedom of Jesus. We're beginning a new series called Set Free. And this text, John chapter 8, will really anchor us into that idea, that idea of the freedom that Jesus gives to us. And so I'm going to begin in John chapter 8 in verse 31. It says this, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Throughout this series, this is a truth that we will anchor to. When Jesus comes as the truth, he comes to set us free. When he comes to, to so many of us, he comes to set us free from whatever's enslaving us, our fears, our worries, our doubts, the lies that we're believing. It's actually the truth of Jesus that sets us free from those things. I'll continue. They answered him. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? In other words, they're not getting it so far. They're like, dude, we haven't been slaves. How can you call us slaves right now? So Jesus replies and says this in verse 34, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So Jesus starts laying it down here, and we'll make more of a connection as we go. But Jesus is unpacking. If you sin, you are a slave to sin. Because when you sin, you have believed some things that aren't true. You've believed some lies about what is good. You've believed some lies about what matters. You've believed lies about what is true. You've believed lies about yourself and who you are. And if that is true, when you believe those lies, you become slave to those lies. And because of becoming a slave to those lies, you are also a slave to sin. It continues in verse 37, Jesus says, I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. And now it starts to get really good here because Jesus is like, if you knew who I was, you, you wouldn't want me dead. And so he starts to lean in here. He continues, he says, I am telling you what I have seen in the father's presence and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. So Jesus is saying, I'm speaking, but you're not listening. Jesus is, is pushing. He's like, all right, is this thing on? Like, why can't you guys hear me right now? And so Jesus continues. He says, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. 
And Jesus here is stepping it up uh, in another level of harshness. And so it starts with like, bro, you're not listening to me. And now Jesus is all, if you were really children of Abraham, because that's how they considered themselves to be, that they were children of Abraham as Jewish followers of God. They were the children of Abraham. And Jesus says, if you were actually children of Abraham, you'd be living different. He says, you're actually doing the works of your own father, who, by the way, isn't Abraham. And so they, obviously they don't like this. This is not something, if you believe you're a child of Abraham, you don't want Jesus of Nazareth to tell you you're not a child of Abraham. And so they push back in verse 41. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. They are not happy here. And I'm not sure if you're catching that yet, but Jesus is pushing and, and they are not having it. And so Jesus continues and he says to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and now I'm here. I've not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. All right, let's hold it right there. No, this is one of the things you don't want Jesus to tell you. Like, you don't want to be in a conversation with Jesus. And he says, oh, by the way, um, your dad, you're, 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 you're not a child of Abraham. Your daddy's the devil. Like, he, we've run the test. The DNA matches. You talk like him. You act like him. You've picked up on his language. And so Jesus says about the devil, there is no truth in him. In other words, in Jesus' conversation, he's saying they're not believing the truth because the liar deceived them. And he says that when he speaks, he lies. He always lies. It's his native language. He's a liar and the father of lies. Now, now, did you know that kids can always tell the voice of their parents? It's actually an amazing thing. You don't have to teach a kid to recognize their parents' voice. They have this uncanny ability to pick out their parents' voice in a crowd. Like they just learn it because of the familiarity with hearing their own parents' voice. And maybe you even notice this if you've ever played sports. Like there are a couple voices you can pick out. You can pick out your father's voice. You can pick out your coach's voice. And, and there's some ability, even though there are lots and lots of people screaming, you can hear that voice. Even kids who have a parent who, who is an identical twin, th those voices might actually completely, almost completely match, yet those kids of an identical twin can still pick out their own parents' voice because they know mom's voice. They know dad's voice. Now, sometimes you, you somebody can try to trick them in the voice they hear. Like they can try to imitate it, but even then, no ability to imitate that voice can actually trick a child because when they are familiar, when they actually recognize their parents' voice, somebody can try to trick them, but they can't perfectly do it a child can still tell the difference. The Bible calls us children of God. And the devil is a liar, but he can't perfectly imitate the voice of God. And he's a good liar. He's the father of lies. So there are some times when he's pretty darn good at imitating the voice of God, but even he has some tells. Even, even he, we, we can learn to discern the voice of the enemy and the voice of God. We often, though, just get too distracted by the realities of life, by the uncertainty of the world, by the noise and busyness of life to notice the difference between the lies and the truth. And maybe for some of us, we've just gotten too inexperienced with hearing the truth, to, being, to stopping and listening to voice of, 
the voice of God. And so what we need, we need to learn to be able to tell what is really true and what just seems like truth. What is the voice of God and what is just a cheap imitation? So I want to continue with what Jesus says here because I believe it will help. He says this, verse 45, because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is you do not belong to God. You can hear the voice of God because you belong to God. If you trust in Jesus, you can hear what God says. You can hear the voice of God. And this belonging, this belonging is simply an invitation to a family. You can belong to God because you are a part of the family of God because of the work of Jesus. Like it's not you have to do a certain number of things to be able to belong to the family. It's not you have to say the right things or do the right things simply because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. He's brought you into the family. And so you belong. And so I don't know what lies overwhelm you right now, but when you hear the voice of God, he will give you something to fight the lies with. We fight lies with the truth. It's something we actually say over and over again in our house, in the midst of fear, in the midst of someone having a difficult day. When one of our kids says, I'm a bad kid, I'm dumb. Or when I say, I'm a bad husband. Or, or maybe um, for Jessica, she says, I'm a bad mom. Um, no matter what the situation is, in the midst of those, we say, no, 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 no. In our house, we fight lies with truth. And then we'll respond. We, we acknowledge that's a lie. Um, and so maybe the lie is, are you dumb? Maybe the, the lie is, I'm not good enough. And so we'll respond and say, all right, what does Jesus have to say about you? And so if it's my kids having trouble um, and they say, all right, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just dumb. I'm not good enough. I'll say, no, that's a lie. We fight lies with truth. And so tell me, what does Jesus say about you? And if my kids have trouble coming up with something, I'll say, all right, well, good news. Daddy's going to listen to Jesus and Jesus will tell me some things and I'm going to speak those things over you. Because that's what we have to do as followers of Jesus. We fight the lies with truth. Don't just believe whatever you hear. Believe what's good. Believe what's true. Believe what sets you free. Because that's what Jesus says the truth will do. If you want to know, is this the voice of God? Is it true? Ask the question, does it set me free? Because if the thing you hear spirals you into a cycle of worry and fear, does that feel like freedom? If the thing that you hear leaves you stuck in a place of anger, is that really freedom? If the thing you hear keeps bringing up the things that you regret, the things that you are ashamed of, is that really freedom? And so I want to focus in on that last statement because I believe it's loaded with so much truth that every one of us need to hear. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. I want that for every single one of us. I want you to belong to God, and I want you to hear what God says. And every single one of us can belong to God. Belonging isn't based on good behavior. It's not based on your track record, your commitment to change, or your commitment to give, or your commitment to do anything. Belonging is about being a part of a family that Jesus has invited you into. There's not any one of us who can say, I want to be in, but I can't quite make it in. That's what the resurrection is about. It means Jesus has the power to make you a part of this global, hope-filled, grace-filled, Holy Spirit-filled family. And if you belong, which if you trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus, you, you do. Jesus says, if you belong, you will hear what God says. And of course you will. Because if you're in the family, you can hear what the Father says. If you're a child, you can hear the voice of your parents. 
and he wants to speak to you. And here's, here's what I found, because for me, I haven't really known a day where I did not belong to the family of God. I've been a Christian for as long as I can remember. But sometimes even belonging to God, sometimes you can hear God without hearing God. What I've realized actually over the past, course of this past year is that there are so many times that God has been speaking to me and I just wasn't listening. There are times when I was too distracted to hear what God was saying, that I was um, not familiar enough with the voice of God, or maybe even too theologically stubborn to believe that God could possibly be speaking to me. And so I want us to think about what does it mean to believe that God is speaking to us? Because there is something powerful when we learn to listen to God. And I want you to consider this, um, because as we close out our time, what I want us to do is I want to help teach us to listen to God for the sake of being set free. And I believe that you already hear God speak. You just might not know it yet. I'll give you a couple of examples. If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe there was a time when you began to trust and you began to believe. Maybe it was at an event or through a friend or maybe even reading. But was there a time when you happened to begin believing and trusting in God? And was that possibly God who drew you to himself? Because I believe that is actually God speaking, that God spoke through the reading, through the event, through a person to draw you into himself. Or maybe have you ever been reading the Bible? And as you read the Bible, that like a scripture just jumped out of the page at you. Like it was exactly the verse that you needed to hear. That's, that's God speaking. Or have you ever listened to a sermon and you felt like the pastor or the teacher, like they knew your situation. Like this was exactly what I needed to hear. Now I'll give you a clue. Um, we usually don't know exactly what you need to hear. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, applying um, what we have written to your situation. Or have you ever had this experience where you've been in worship, like gathered together with other people singing, and you felt like, all right, we, I am experiencing something different in this moment, that this is different just when I'm singing in my car. It's because God is speaking. Or have you ever been convicted of your sin? Like you knew without a shadow of a doubt that that was the wrong thing to say, that you need to apologize. That's God, that's God speaking. Have you ever felt a burden for somebody else? Like for whatever reason, you just felt it in your heart that you need, need to reach out, that you need to text this person, you need to call this person, that you need to help this person. That's God. It's God speaking. See, we tend to think of God speaking primarily in the big supernatural ways. We think of God on the mountain or the wild and crazy dreams. We tend to think of God speaking in a special voice instead of a passing thought, or we tend to think of a vision instead of a picture in your imagination. But maybe God is speaking all the time and we just need to tune in. Maybe in the word and in prayer, maybe those were less about something that you do for God and more about what you might receive in it. What if as you read the Bible, it was less, less about completing a specific task and it was more about what the Spirit wanted to speak to you today? Maybe several chapters in a day, maybe one verse that the Holy Spirit is just drawing to you and stirring something in your heart. What if prayer was less about all the things you had to get off your chest to God and it was more about what did God want to say to you? 
And so to close, what I wanna do is I wanna guide you through a way that I have been doing this. And this might not be how you like to listen to God. That's fine. There are actually lots and lots of spiritual practices, um, lots of spiritual disciplines. All of them are which are ways that we can learn to listen to God. And so I encourage you to find whatever spiritual practices work well for you, whether that's, um, whether that's a particular kind of prayer whether that be a particular way to study and read the Bible. Um, but what I want to do is I want to help guide you in a way that I have been doing it, that has been meaningful to me. Um, because maybe like me, you may have not even realized that this was a possibility until actually doing it. And so I want to guide you through that. And doing that, um, the way that it will work is I will ask some questions as well as we, I'll speak to Jesus and ask God to speak. And what I have learned is when we ask God to speak, he does. And usually for me, um, it's it's more of a thought or an image that pops into my mind. And so maybe for you as an audible voice, that would be amazing. That's not usually the way it works for me. Um, and what I have learned is that the thing that God says is usually the thing that pops into my head after I ask the question and before I start to explain it away. And so that for, it's usually that first thought. And usually the moment I begin to say, all right, well, that can't be God or God wouldn't say that or that can't be true. Usually, if it matches what the scripture says, it's, it's usually God. And so I want to guide you in that. And so um, we'll do this together um, and we will listen and we will pray. And so if you would, bow your heads and pray with me. Jesus, we want to come before you and we want to invite you to speak to us. We want to invite you to speak to us. Um, because we believe that you speak truth and we know that the truth will set us free. And so we ask that as we come before you, that you silence the lies. That in the stillness of our hearts, that you would speak to us, that you would speak to us in a whisper that somehow overpowers the eyes of the enemy. That, he, that you would overpower him, that you would silence the enemy, that you would speak to us the things that we need to hear. Now, as we come before Jesus, what I want to encourage you, I want you to imagine yourself in a place where you feel safe. And so that could be a place in your house. It could be an imaginary place, maybe a vacation place. I want you to picture yourself being in that place. And as we do that, and if it feels a little bit weird, know that this is also what David does in the Psalms. In Psalm 23, David is dealing with some heavy stuff, and he imagines himself with Jesus. He imagines himself walking through the valley. He imagines himself in green pastures and by still waters. And so picture being in that place right now. What does it look like? Where are you? Are you sitting? Are you standing? And as you're in that place, now I want you to imagine Jesus showing up in that place. And I want you to look in, in your mind's eye, in your imagination, what is Jesus doing? Does he walk up to you? Does he sit by you? Now in that place with Jesus, Jesus, we ask that you would speak to us. And I want you to speak to us, Jesus. What are the lies that we have been believing about ourselves? Jesus, as we hear those lies, I ask that you also, can you show us Show us where those lies begin. Maybe it's a moment. 
Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's something recent. Maybe it's something from a long, long time ago. Jesus, show us where those lies took root in our heart. As Jesus shows you where those lies take root, what we also know is that we fight the lies with truth. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would speak truth to fight against those lies. Speak truth about the lies that we're believing. Speak truth about who we are. And help us to hear those things. Jesus, we thank you for speaking to us, for showing us who you are, for showing us who we are, for loving us. Help us to listen. Help us to believe the truth and help that truth to set us free. Amen. I want to encourage you. Um, you can continue to pray that way in, your own, in the privacy of your own home and your own heart. Uh, this is something that you don't just need to be guided through, that you can do it as well yourself. And so maybe for some of you, maybe there are some, some deep wounds of lies that you need to dig more into. Go to those places with Jesus and talk to your small group, talk to us as pastors, talk to counselors about some of those things that you feel like um, Jesus showing you in that. And you can ask Jesus more about who you are. Ask him those questions. Listen to what he says. I want to encourage you to do that because what Jesus has for us is Jesus speaks truth and that truth fights the lies and sets you free.